With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Flyers gather it in. Here they come down the left wing. Moving to the Penguins net. In on goal. And a quick shot. And Murray stopped that. Oh, boy. And bumped in. Murray's hurt. Two and knocked down. Murray is going to be a little slow in getting back up. There's a collision as they approach the net. And Murray made the save. But unbelievable. They came after that. the trainer right away. Laura checking. Flying down the hot with that opportunity. Matt is week to week with a lower body injury. You know, in- injury is a part of the game. And, uh, you know, Matt's a young guy. He's, uh, he's only going to get stronger. He's only going to get more durable with, with uh, each game that he plays. And, um, you know, I, I, think, I think he'll be fine. You know, try to look at it as a, you know, a, an unfortunate situation, but one that you, know, you can try to take advantage of and get better. Or, um, you know, you can uh, mope around and be miserable and be a distraction for your team, and uh, you know, detract from the game that they're trying to play. I think the only uh, professional way to go about it is is, is the former. Utley in the shotgun, projector to his right, he wants to throw it, he's back, he starts to run, he's going to be hit and sacked at the 38 by Cameron Hayward, and the sack for Hayward is his eighth of the season, leading the Steelers in that department. But I really think that that's a a slippery slope, trying to minimize his impact, and I think um, that's probably one of the reasons why he's continued to be effective, um, and it's difficult to slow down his progress. Um, He's playing really well, but he's probably difficult to to minimize because of the multitude of things that we do in them circumstances. I think this is a travesty, and I think that I, I want to be on the record stating that I think Greg Schiano is being royally screwed over in all of this. This is a travesty of justice, and I think that it needs to be pointed out adamantly so. What doesn't kill you makes you It's time for Saverin on Sports. Injuries can kill you. One of the things the Penguins have done over the last two-plus seasons, they don't let it kill them. makes them stronger until they get their full complement of players back. I was asked yesterday by Mark Madden on his show, can Tristan Jari fill the void while Matt Murray recuperates? We're hearing two to four weeks. My answer, not if they continue playing in front of him like they've played all season long. I'm not just talking about the defense. I'm talking about everybody on skates. Their defense, and I mean their team defense, has been horrible. And you can get a combination of Ken Dryden and Patrick Waugh if you play like that in front of your goaltender. I don't care who's in there. So I want your thoughts on that. Also, you heard from Ian Cole. Been scratched three games in a row. We'll see what happens next. That was him talking about and maintaining a professional attitude. 
both Jim Rutherford and Mike Sullivan denied that they were actively trying to trade Ian Cole. That's a matter of semantics. Doesn't mean that they're not entertaining offers. I don't understand the rush to trade him. I don't get it. Maybe you do. Maybe Guy Junker will. He'll join me momentarily from noon to one. We'll talk about it also with Rob King of AT&T Sportsnet. 11 games in, almost 75% of the regular season is done. It will be Monday night in Cincinnati after 12. To this point, who are your Steelers offensive and defensive MVPs? Jerry Dulac will join me today at 12, excuse me, 1.30. Jerry Dulac at 1.30 talking more Steeler football. Here's how you get involved, 412-922-2874, pound 970 on your cell. You can email stansaverin at iheartmedia.com, post on Facebook, Saverin on Sports, or tweet at Stan Love the Show. It's Stan and Guy Day, brought to you by Shenderovich, Shenderovich and Fishman. Stan and Guy, love the show on Saverin on Sports. Stan and Guy, hey, love the show, dude. That's absolutely right. It's Stan and Guy back together again. Here's Stan Saverin and Guy Junker. Yes, sir. Stan and Guy love the show. Hope you do. We love the hour together. It's brought to you by Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. You recover from Thanksgiving. I've talked to so many people. Um, I talked to our friend Bob McLaughlin yesterday. When I was on Madden show, and he said, "Oh, I, and he's a you know, slight guy." He said, "I'm not a big eater." He said, "But former Bethel Park swimmer, isn't he?" Yes, he is. Yeah. And he said, <clears throat> "He said I was miserable for two days. I ate so much, you know." So. Well, we had you and Rob King and everyone over for like the brunch thing. Then we had the family for dinner. Well, then we had a late night thing with neighbors for dessert. And I not only ate, but I drank through all of that. I got up. I couldn't sleep Friday night. I had heartburn. I was miserable, <laughs> wondering why I had to eat four pieces of pumpkin pie. So Because it was there. It was there, yeah. You know, that, I mean, that's why people climb Mount Everest, because it was there. <laughs> that's why you ate four pieces of pie. Well, when I go into Channel 4 tonight, I got the last of the turkey stuffing and gravy, and that's the, it'll be gone. Okay, good. Yeah, that'll be the, it's uh, already packed. the end of the remnant. It's never too late, even a week. It's never too late <laughs> uh, to eat Thanksgiving leftovers. Let's start with the, uh, the the Penguin situation in goal. Uh, you heard me set it up. Uh, Mark asked me yesterday, and <clears throat> I didn't hadn't had any time to think about it. And uh, I'm not at all satisfied uh, with the way they're playing. They beat the Flyers. It was a thrilling game. I do admire their resiliency against a bad team, but still. Um, but they continue to take too many penalties. They get off to terrible starts. They're always playing from behind. And the excuse guy has been, well, you know, the goal differential they gave up, you know, the 10 to 1 and 2 7 away. It's more than that. It's more than that. And until they get back to playing, not defense first, but at least more of a commitment or possess the puck more frequently on the offensive end, I, it doesn't matter who's in goal, I don't think. Well, you used the word when we were chatting over coffee earlier today that I used on the air the other day that perfectly describes them right now overall, and it's sloppy. You said sloppy. I just think they're sloppy. I think they're sloppy mentally. I think they're sloppy physically. Their talent keeps them floating above 500 right now. Um, I, You know, the, the question came up after the Tampa game, which to me was their best game of the year, even with the oddity of three five-on-three goals. 
you know, what was different? How would you get off to a good start in this game? And more than one guy said, well, it was just a focus from the start. Well, if that's what it is, then start focusing from the start. Well, what's the lack of focus at the beginning of these games? Look, if you're playing all these games in a short period of time, and most of this year they've led the league in games played, they, they lead the league in back-to-back games played, all right, you get tired. I could see them falling apart a little bit like the Flyers have during this streak in the third periods. That's not That hasn't been the case. It's been early in the games. That's when you should at least still be a little bit fresh and focused. I don't understand the poor starts. And as far as the goaltending situation, as long as the entire team in front of you has negative numbers, that's not just one game against Chicago or a couple games against Chicago, Winnipeg, and Tampa. That's an entire season so far, two months of poor play. You have two guys that, that aren't in the minus, and that – uh, that'll drive any goaltender crazy. As far as Tristan, I think Tristan Jari is going to be fine. The good thing is they only have the, the one set of back-to-backers the, the whole month of December, and that's the Buffalo ones this weekend, which isn't that particularly taxing. It's short travel, and Buffalo's not any good. So I don't think you're going to be forced to use uh, Casey to Smith maybe one time if you have to. That would that would worry me. If they were in one of those stretches where they had back-to-back games three weeks in a row, he was going to have to play three games. We saw what a – uh, poor backup goalie. I'm not calling him poor backup goalie, but he's going to have to get his feet wet a little bit. You know, a lot of those lopsided losses I'm talking about were the result of Anthony Emmy playing terrible. So I, I think the schedule favors them now. They're at home. It lightens up in terms of amount of games played, and I think you know Jari will be fine. Uh, yeah, he's I mean, he's shown. I don't know if he's proven, but he's shown that he's <clears throat> certainly more than capable. You know, the game that really bothered me a lot. Um, was the loss to Vancouver last week before Thanksgiving. Why? They're a very mediocre to poor hockey club. They were in and the middle. They're two against them. Yeah. <clears throat> they were in the middle of a very long road trip, and they played the night before. So all this talk about back-to-back, oh, woe is us. We have all these back-to-backs, and that's true. I mean, the schedule makers have done them no favors whatsoever, but they come out against the Vancouver team that had played on the road before, in the beginning, at that point, of a very long road trip, and they jump out to a lead. And, and again, they're playing from behind. So if that's the excuse, well, we have to play a lot of back-to-backs, how do you explain Vancouver did? Or even when you go back Arizona, they struggled with a bad Arizona team who was coming off, it was the second game of a back-to-back. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one thing to be playing back-to-back and have to go on the road and, and you're traveling, yeah. uh, you know... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A couple of hours, Vancouver's playing back-to-back road games 2,000 miles from home, and they want them both. You know, uh, yeah, it, it's getting past the point, and I think Jim Rutherford said this exact quote earlier this week, Stan. He said it's past the point where this is a Stanley Cup hangover. You, you, you can't go with that anymore. they got to start playing better. And I know you want to talk about Ian Cole a little bit later on. I think it's part of the reason why some trades are being explored and why he's the logical guy, not because of his play, but because of his salary and this apparent rift with, with Mike Sullivan. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure I understand that. We do remember when Cole got here um, after the trade, everybody was lamenting what a terrible trade for Robert Bortuzzo. Uh, and Cole got here. He played horribly after the trade. And beginning in 1516, the first of these cup years, um, he was sat down. 
I don't know what it is about his game that Mike Sullivan does not like. Uh, you hear about a personality conflict, even if that's the case. Uh, I, Can I you put up with that for a good uh... for a good player? I mean, I don't know that that's the case. That seems to be sort of the vibe that we're getting. Uh, I'm not astute enough to look at Ian Cole and say, along with anybody else, that he is playing horribly. Uh, there's another defenseman who continues to play horribly, but he's not going to be sat down anytime soon. Right. I, I don't know what it is he's done. Is it personal? Is it a matter of poor play? Is it a matter of they want to make sure that he's healthy, if indeed they are close to a trade? And my guess is that they're not happy with their bottom six production, especially in the middle. They like a third-line center, and undoubtedly a third-line center who can score would be of benefit, maybe even more importantly, a third-line center <clears throat> that can move up. They're, the centers now cannot do that. That's the, That was the benefit of having both Benino and Cullen. I mean, those guys could move up to second or third if you need them to do that. Riley Shahan cannot. But the question you have to ask yourself, what's more valuable? A third-line center that can score, if indeed that's what they're trying to get in return, or the only defenseman in your entire organization who plays the way, I'm talking about in style, not in terms of whether good, bad, or indifferent, that Ian Cole does. They don't have anybody like him, and it's not like there are budding star defensemen waiting in the organization. They don't have any. No, one time that looked like their deepest <clears throat> position not They're that long gone. ago. And, yeah. and even a guy like Pouliot, who was non-tradable for a while, turned out to be a bust. I think you hit the. I think I think your uh, uh, rant just now hit the nail on the head, and I think it's a. Con I don't think any one of those fa other than poor play. I don't think poor play has anything to do with it. I don't think he's played poorly, Stan. I mean, here's a guy that blocked a bazillion shots last year, lost three teeth blocking one this year. In five on five situations this year, they've scored eleven. The opponents eleven goals when he's been out there five on five. That's the second best of any Penguin defenseman. I don't think it has anything to do with the way he's played. I think one, he makes two point one million dollars, and that's going to go up. M most cap uh, geeks that I talk to figure it out. He'll get double that next year. They can't afford that for him. I'm not. I'm not even sure that he's worth that. I mean, he's as good as he is. He's, I don't know that you want to pay him four or five million dollars. So I think that there's one factor. They want to get something for them while they can. I, I think it's the opposite, not playing poorly. He's played well. He's he's known pretty much as a good guy. Ever. I mean, he's from the media. He's 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 heaven sent. I mean, you could talk to him about anything. He's every once in a while you have to do. You have to ask some fluffy featurey question or something or you know and he's always willing to talk about any topic you want to talk about hockey or non-topic and Sid loves him I think the locker room I think the guys love him I think I think Mike Sullivan's a close to the best guy I mean look he's always willing to do interviews and he'll talk about things I don't know that he always like most coaches he doesn't say a whole lot and I think that you know Cole I think there is a personality class that Cole just says anything and he maybe blurts out too much stuff is that enough to want me to get rid of a good defenseman? No. But the need for more scoring, the fact of his contract being where it is, the fact that maybe he and the coach aren't the, the, have, don't have the best relationship, you add all that up, and he's pretty attractive to uh, 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 the op uh, teams looking for a defenseman right now. I, I think they're just exploring what could we do. Plus, they're, the whole team in general, a lot of times when a team isn't playing well, there's got to be a sacrificial lamb somewhere. you got to make a deal to shake things up. When you and I were talking a couple weeks ago, I said I think you got to wait at least to the end of December till the schedule at least evens out and you play in as many home games as you have road games and, and see where they stand then before you go two bananas with something like that. 
But, but, but So I think if you put all that together, it does make sense that he's a guy that at the very least is being dangled. There's been an exploration of, of, of what's going on. Well, my only problem is that, you know, once you make that move, again, if you get the third line center, that's true. They do need that. But who takes his place? Yeah. I have nothing against Chad Ruedel, but he doesn't There's play. another factor. He's played pretty well. He has played pretty well, but none of them bring the kind of play that Ian Cole does. The guy's a warrior, <clears throat> and I think you need some of that on your blue line. Now, unless you're talking about getting someone like that in return, that's a different story. We, we don't know what Rutherford is looking at. Um, and and maybe although that you, seems unlikely, if if you're looking what, for scoring, you're right. not getting scoring and a warrior defenseman. Exactly. Or if you're trading one warrior defenseman for another one, why would an opponent do that? I, I think yeah. if you're a team looking for to add a guy like Ian Cole, if you're going to add a guy like Ian Cole, that tells me that you believe that you're a playoff team and that you're a team that can make a run. If you're if you're a young team, yeah, he would provide some leadership, but I don't know that you're in the market for a guy like Ian Cole, who's going to become a free agent and is 30 years old. I mean, right. I don't think you're looking for a guy like that. So if you're a contender and you're looking for a guy like Ian Cole, what is it, what element from your team are you willing to subtract from what you think is a contending team in order to bring Ian Cole in? And and if you're talking about a, you know a young team uh, to get a younger player, why would they have a need for Ian Cole at this point? Now you might say, well, they want to build their team around some veterans, but he's a, he's a free agent at the end of the year. It doesn't it doesn't match. It doesn't mix. It doesn't mix. Doesn't fit. No. And and how long do you go if you're just trying to protect his health? If you're if you're seeing what's out there before you start playing him again, you can't go weeks at a time. I mean, you, you, your team's floundering. I think they're missing him out there some. Um, you know, he took that shot to the mouth. I mean, that's all you need is a player. And he is a guy that doesn't you – know, you talk talk about him being a warrior and the way he blocks shots. He had 194 block shots last year. He's a good candidate to get hurt anytime he steps on the ice. So, but he, you know, it's already been, what, three, four games that, that, that he's been scratched. The first game that he was scratched, was it Saturday night? It's been three in a row. I thought he was hurt. I mean, the first night I just thought, oh, what happened to him? He also got hurt in practice. I didn't even realize it was a healthy scratch, so I looked at the box score and it just said scratched. You know what I thought? Of like I thought body, upper body. This this is a guy who delivers and takes a lot of physical punishment. Maybe his his mouth is bothering him, or you know, from maybe the, or maybe they just said, you know, we we can't play this guy eighty games, even though he'd already missed a couple. You know, when he got his teeth knocked out, maybe you're trying to protect a guy like that. Um, uh, but then we find out that he was a healthy scratch. You heard the sound bite at the beginning. He's not at all happy with it. I don't blame him. I mean, he's been an, he's been a very important part uh, of this team winning two cups. Now that doesn't buy you playing time in perpetuity, but it just seems odd that at this point. And again, it's not about Ruedel, but when you stop and think about it, um, Cole right now, and I realize that plus minus isn't you know the end all and be all. He's a minus five. <clears throat> but Dumoulin is a <coughs> – Sid's a minus 10. A 12, well, yeah, 12. Now, this, is, this is before the game the other night. Dumoulin was a minus 8. Latang the minus 16. Um, I, I just I, – I don't get it. If you had – if you're seventh defenseman and they like Ruedel, and that's fine. It's not about Ruedel, but we all know it takes seven, eight defensemen so are you telling me that Frank Corrado and Zach Trotman? Now, 
this is not the team we're going to see in March. I mean, there are going to be changes made whether it involves Ian Cole or not. Uh, Rutherford likes to make deals sooner rather than later. He won't wait to the trading deadline. So the blue line, look at last year. You know, bring in Hainsey. I happen to think, maybe I'm wrong, I happen to think that Hunwick is an upgrade over Ron Hainsey. As well as, you know, Hainsey played. I think Hunwick Even is. he made a bad play. Let oh, the Flyers an awful take play. The, yeah. He did. I, and I, you know, I acknowledge that on Monday. No question yeah. about that. Um, but I, I still think overall he's an upgrade. But, but even still, um, if you're going to need seven, eight defensemen, I mean, to me, Ian Cole's got to be part of that unless you have a – in that deal you get another defenseman back or there's a separate deal made. It seems to me if you're really dealing from position of strength, then maybe one of the young wingers goes. Well, I don't, I don't know how many guys on this team you would say has performed up to standards or over standards. There's been very few. Certainly Kessel, prop Malkin's about what you normally get out of my guess. Latang's been below board. Sid's been below board. And when you Gensel when, was, but he's coming on. Well, Sid's really been hot now too. And if he yeah. starts playing the way he normally does, uh, you know, what do you have? Twenty-two goals at this point last year. Um, it, it it's interesting to me that as soon as and and I, I said sometimes you got to make a trade sacrificial lamb just to shake things up a little. I said to my wife about two weeks. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. These guys said this team's playing like, you know, Rutherford needs to trade somebody. Just to, And she goes, well, who are they going to, you know... Immediately, well, who are they going to trade? Why would you trade? And I said, because he, this is the way it goes in professional sports. You can't go for a long period. I mean, you know, the Paul Coffey trade, some of the trades that the, the Penguins, that Craig Patrick made when they were in the middle of uh, their first and second cup. Um, you know, but the minute a little bit of these rumors start flying, and, and I said last week, as soon as we found out Malkin was hurt, it's amazing how when one of those two gets hurt, the other guy always catches fire. And all of a sudden now, with a little bit of trade rumors and this kind of adversity and Malkin Hurts, it's piling up points like crazy. So maybe it'll start turning around now. They are always a lot more comfortable at home. That Flyer game was one of the most satisfying ones yeah. you could ever That was great. And they lost their ninth in a row last night to San Jose. Um, and got booed off the ice, which makes it even better. Yeah. Those so, animals. So I, yeah, but I think all of these factors go into it, and it's like, you know, the, the, the music stopped, and there's one less chair than there are people, and Ian Cole's the guy standing there. All right, or in this case, sitting there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Rob King will join us next. We'll continue with these conversations, maybe get into the Pirates a little bit. Guy and I are going to talk about the Greg Schiano situation. Um, also, keep in mind, I'd like to get your thoughts on this issue. Uh, also, your Steelers offensive and defensive MVPs up until this point. Rob King joins us next. It's Saverin on Sports. Stan and Guy love the show. Chayhead working again, this time with Reeves on his right wing. After Hunko scores on the power play, Reeves to the right side. Here's Cole, might have a chance. Brister score! He's got it! Ian Cole gives the Penguins a 1 nothing lead! Oh, tell your ma, tell your pa. We're going to send him back to Arkansas. Ian Cole gives the Penguins the one goal advantage. 
So the Penguins, uh, a couple days off. Now they have the back-to-back with Buffalo. They haven't won three in a row since the second week of the season in uh, early October. So they have a chance to do that tomorrow night. That was the disappointment of falling two goals down to Philly. I'm, you know, I'm already, yeah. I'm already counting like they got to get five out of six points out of these three games, if not all six, to you know get back on track. And I got it all figured out. And it's three-one in the third period. And they got outplayed badly. They got outplayed. That was a great third period, though. Yes, it was. It was a pretty good first period. But that that the Flyers could have scored seven goals in that second period. They hit the post four times. Yeah. And scored three others. And they cycled for at times when they had like a minute zone time. Um, that's supposed to be the Penguins game. We're joined now by Rob King. Rob from AT&T Sportsnet. Brought to you by 84 Lumber. Helping you build the right way since 1956. Uh, Rob King. As I punch him in here. There he is. He. This is the, we're better to punch him in than punch him out. Yeah, well, I wouldn't even attempt that. He's he's, he's line up on the punch him out. Part. He's uh, he's too much younger. This reprises our uh, Thanksgiving morning. Uh, Rob, we begin talking about. I was asked a question yesterday, and Guy and I have discussed. We want to get your thoughts. I was asked a question yesterday: Can Tristan Jerry fill the void for Matt Murray for as long as he's going to be out? And my initial reaction was. Not if they keep playing in front of them the way that they've played in front of Murray and played most of the season. So I, I like your, you know, to me, you could have Patrick Waugh back there. If you're going to, you know, take as many penalties, be poor on the penalty kill, and just get outplayed and be sloppy defensively, goaltending may not be your biggest issue. Well, they've got some issues in that regard, no question. Um, they need to be, pay- you know, um, look, his, his overall numbers aren't, stupendous right now, but Matt Murray's been terrific. I mean, you know, look at the wins and losses. But the, the, the Penguins have had a few games in which they've just been a train wreck. Now, look, Andy Niemi was in goal for three of those, um, the worst three. Um, and, you know, you, you wonder how much of that is Niemi. But but clearly, they need to play better. I, I think you, you, you hit on two of the factors. They've got to stop committing so many minor penalties um, because the penalty kill hasn't been great. Um, and it, that Flyers game was interesting, right? Really good first period, unbelievable third period. You guys are right. I mean, and, and uh, you know, so many different things. So many odd man breaks. It feels like we've seen more odd man breaks this year than you, than you might see in a whole season at the one-third of the way mark. So there's some things to tighten up for sure. I like the signs of, um, of the team beginning to, you know, um, awaken offensively over the last 10 games or so. And we'll find out about Tristan Jari. Look, if Tristan Jari, um, you know, Stan, Stan and I were talking about this guy, um, you know, uh, the Penguins trying to, you know, make themselves better, and what are they going to do when some of these guys, you know, presumably leave by a free agency or trade, you know, the Coles and the Hornquist, and, you know, you have Sprong and some other guys. But, um, you know, a, a good a, a, a goaltender who can – look, first of all, you've got to play well and help them win games, but Tristan Jari – could be a really, really interesting off-season trade piece. I don't want to get him out of here yet, you know. Uh, let, let's let's see what he can do in the in the short term, and, and hopefully he can be that guy. But you know, you don't need two number one young goaltenders. That, that's kind of a luxury. So this is a great opportunity for him. Um, hopefully, the Penguins can rally around him and play better in front of him. By the way, Rob and I had that discussion at the game Monday night in the first period, and then. <laughs> 15 minutes <laughs> later, later, Murray's hurt. And Murray's hurt. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. there, let me ask you guys this question, because this this has crossed my mind a little bit. And we've had various – Stan, I can remember in the days of Hockey Hotline, the ridiculous nature of the rule of skate and the crease. Not only was the goal disallowed, it was a penalty. I mean, the blade could have been in there. It could have had nothing to do with it. 
But does something more need to be done to protect goalies? I'm, I'm not saying that there was an intent on Voracek's part. I don't think he tried real hard to avoid it once he lost his edge. But so many things in hockey happen because even equipment. For example, guys are so much more careless with their sticks now because they all come up playing with cages and guys have helmets and cages and they're protected. You didn't see a lot of, unless it was intentional, of, of the guys getting clipped in the face back in the day when no one was wearing helmets. The same thing when the nets were actually screwed into the ice. Guys were a little less uh, ready to charge the net because if you went into the goalpost, you were getting a separated shoulder. Well, they wanted more offense. So and and I, don't, I don't blame you that, but, I mean, should, should, there be, should there be a penalty on a play? Like, should there be, I'm just saying, is there anything that could be done to protect? Goalies are getting hurt at a pretty high rate right now. I don't know. You know, I've never really thought about it, guy. Um, so I will defer to Stan. Stan, what, what, right. what's your thing? Well, I mean, I look at it this way. Or do you way. disagree? I mean, I, I, I watched that, and I thought, man, he's so helpless there. No no question about that. I, I suppose you could add that no contact with the goaltender is allowed, period. You can't mess with him in the crease, obviously. It's goaltender interference. But maybe As it stands move. now, if you bump him and the puck goes in the net, it doesn't count. But if you pull him over and give him a concussion and it, no one scores on the play, that's all right. Well, maybe that's a deterrent. I mean, the, the question becomes not what should be done, but whatever you do, would it actually work? I mean, in this particular case, I don't know what Voracek could have done. Frankly, if that had been a Buffalo Sabre, we might not be having this conversation. But the fact that he's wearing that orange, oh, yeah. the first thing you think about, uh, not him in particular, but, you know, if that had been Wayne Simmons or if Scott Hartnell was still playing with him because it's a flyer. Even if he gets the two-minute penalty, does that make anybody feel any better about Matt Murray missing a month? No. But I'm just wondering, will less guys get hurt if there is some penalty to pay Maybe. if you hit a guy? It was just a thought. Okay. Um, I'll defer to Rob. No, let's defer to Rob on something else because we also uh, talked about Ian Cole. Um, I I don't understand this, Rob. I don't understand it at all. I mean, very few players in that team are untouchable. Uh, I know he becomes a free agent, but this team is in it for this year. Uh, and and I'm not saying that he can't win a cup without Ian Cole. They won one without Chris Letang. But uh, it just seems to me that Ian Cole is the only defenseman they have who plays like Ian Cole. They don't have much of anything in the minor leagues. We know that in the playoffs you're going to need eight, sometimes nine defensemen um, I know they want a third-line scoring center, but is it worth the only type of defenseman that they have in Ian Cole? Well, you laid out all the all the reasons why Cole is so valuable. He's the only guy that plays with that kind of edge, that plays with that kind of a game. And, you know, I don't know who would be the next guy up. Would it be Frank Corrado? Did, he, did you see enough from him in his short stint, you know, playing 12 minutes a night to think that he's, you know, he's the depth guy you need? I mean, that's, Look, the, and, and I, I think that the whole um, he's a free agent after the season thing is a, is a by the way, it, it's kind of beside the point to me because they've never really, during this era in which they're, they're trying to win cups and are cup contenders that have won cups, that really hasn't been a factor um, because you have all kinds of guys on expiring contracts every single year. So I, I don't really know where that part of it came from. Um, obviously, the Penguins aren't talking about any potential um, Ian Cole trade. So I, I, I don't think that's a factor, but I think what is a factor for the Penguins is 
Um, are you simply shoring up one part of your team um, and creating a hole in another part of your team? The goal scoring has been a problem. This is the top goal scoring team a season ago, and they're even with their resurgence, I think they're down somewhere in the 20s. Um, that that's not when you look at that talent, um, that's not commensurate with where they should be. They should be, you know, a top 10, probably a top five goal scoring team. And they're not right now. So that's an area that does need to be shored up. But when you trade, if you trade an Ian Cole to do that, um, to me, you are creating another void on your team. You, not only with the style of play that Ian Cole brings, but also with the issue of depth. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing it right now in the goaltending situation. Look, you have a Tristan Jari waiting in the wings that you feel good about. Um, however, um, I don't know if you have, I don't know if you can stay that defensively if you had an injury on this defensive core. And, and that's been a problem. Um, you know, so in the past. So, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's an interesting – and, you know, I think the other thing is we don't know, first of all, if he gets traded, what you're going to get back. So, if you got back something that, that you know, you got back a dynamic player that's really going to aid that offense and, and make that bottom six more formidable, and let's, you know, again, to recount, no Benino, no Cullen, no Kunitz. Those guys were bottom six guys who were productive players for the Penguins. Um, the depth scoring hasn't been there. Uh, so, you know, before I decry the trade that hasn't even happened yet, I'd also like to know what they would potentially be getting back. Well, as Fred says on Facebook, let's wait and see what uh, Rutherford gets in return for Cole uh, right. before we yeah. say it's a good or bad idea to trade him. Um, unless they get another defenseman, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, John uh, says on Facebook, they're trading because he's a free agent next year and don't want him to just walk. I myself think it's a mistake. He's a beast in the playoffs, blocks more shots than anyone. Um, they're trying to create, you know, cap space uh, because Hornquist, you know, he's a free agent. They want, But to me, that's that's a conversation for June or whenever the offseason begins. Yeah. They're all I, I in right now. They're, they're in it to win a third think, cup. Right. I just don't think that's a factor, Stan. I really yeah. don't think that's a factor. I, I don't agree. Know where that story came from. I, I just don't think that's a fa- I don't think the expiring contract of Ian Cole is a factor. I don't. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, they're paying him a reasonable 2.1. I, I just, it's hard for me to believe that it's a matter of a personality conflict with Sullivan. No, I don't think any of the reasons that we've come up with since the show started, since Rob's been on, in and of themselves are enough to make you trade him. I think if you add it all up together, it might be enough to make you explore the deal. But I also think that a team that's not playing that way, well right now it's odd to have a valuable piece of the pie sitting out for three straight games when you're struggling to win games. The, the thing about making a deal and what Rutherford's been so good at and in his heyday, Craig Patrick, too, when you have a glut of one thing and you can get rid of it to shore up something else, what do they have a glut of right now? They're pretty thin defensively. Wingers. They're certainly def- they're certainly thin uh, in the goaltending department, and they ha- even their stars haven't scored this year. They're trying to acquire somebody to score, whether it's a it, it might be down the middle. I guess wingers would be, but but you really don't have much to deal there either, unless you want to get rid of one of your stars. You yeah. don't want to get rid of one of your top six to get a center in for the third line. I think it's too early to trade for need based on the first twenty six games. I well, agree. and the other thing is too. Thing is that you know if you're going to talk about depth, you know Zach Aston Reese, uh, Daniel Sprong, you do have depth in the minors at, at that winning at that winger position. Uh, so that and I think that you know conceivably if you have enough health, you have depth in the goaltending position. But obviously right now you don't because of the Matt Murray situation, and you don't have that veteran 
backup guy too. So, um, you know, I, I don't see a glut of talent. I don't see a backlog of talent. I, I think those wingers, you know, there might be a team that would say, hey, Daniel Spong can start playing for us right now, but the Penguins don't think he's defensively ready. But, you know, I would also say this. The Penguins have done an awfully good job of evaluating, making trades, and building this, uh, building this roster the last couple of years. So I think that somewhere in the back of your mind, what, whatever the reason is, um, you, you know, I think at some point these guys have earned the benefit of the doubt, right? Uh, they've earned, you know, our trust to say, okay, uh, if you think for whatever reason um, that Ian Cole is not a guy that helps you um, win another championship this year, whatever that reason is, um, you need something else that's that's going to help you win that third straight championship. Um, I trust that you, you know, you built two. I trust that you're making the right move. Because they have repeatedly. Rob, thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate it. It's always uh, fun, enjoyable. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow for Penguins and Buffalo. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to it. Uh, Stan, see you. All right, Rob. Thanks very much. See you, Rob Kinger. King of AT&T. How different would this discussion have been a couple of months after Jim Rutherford was hired when everybody was, oh, oh they are Grandpa, and he's going to quit in two years. He's just looking for a soft place to land before he retires. Ben now it's like, for now it's like oh, well, defer to Rutherford. He's made some good <laughs> That's right, yeah. He's made some great moves. In, in, in Rutherford, we trust. You know, it's going to be on uh, <laughs> on the Canadian loon uh, from, from this point forward. Speaking of loon, as in lunacy, what's happening and happened to Tennessee uh, is sheer lunacy. Guy and I are going to talk about that next. Uh, at 1 o'clock, we'll get into our Steelers hour. I'd like you to name your Steelers offensive and defensive MVP up until this point, the Eli Manning situation. Jerry Dulac will join us today at 1.30. That's all ahead today on Savern on Sports. This is the bottom line. A former assistant coach, Mike McCreary, testifies that he told some other guy, some other coach, Bradley, uh, you know, and, and ultimately it was conveyed to him that, you know what, Greg Schiano may have known of an incident involving Jerry Sandusky. Stephen A. Smith on ESPN talking about the Greg Schiano situation. Before a guy and I get into that, I want to ask today's trivia question. First correct caller wins two tickets to the city game. Pitt-Duquesne Friday at PBG Paints Arena. Uh, we're going to talk about Eli Manning a little bit you know, later on. Eli Manning, same draft class as Ben. Um, he began to start about midway through the 2004 season. Who was the Giants' starting quarterback that Eli Manning replaced in 2004? 412-922-2874, pound 970. Who was the starting Giants quarterback that Eli Manning replaced in 2004, his rookie year? First correct caller wins the two tickets to the city game. Guy, the Seattle situation, um, uh, the, the larger is not only was Seattle painted with a broad brush, it cost Tom Bradley just because they happened to be there uh, at the same time. Uh, Sandusky wasn't even a coach when when a lot of this happened. Um, uh, the bigger issue to me is that Tennessee allowed boosters to run the program. That's why I don't like college athletics. Well, I, I if they do not want to hire him because of his uh, connection with Jerry Sandusky, that's their prerogative that it has to be their prerogative before it's pointed out by the boosters. I agree completely. They, you know, Their athletic director thought he was the guy for the job. 
he made Rutgers football significant for a while. I mean, he certainly has the credentials to take that job. But what angered me was, you know, some former Tennessee players like Albert Hainsworth, Mr. I never met a head I didn't want to kick. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not giving any more money or devoting any time to Tennessee if they hire Greg Schiano and blah, 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 and painting the rock down there and everything else. What bothers me about that is this is a university that just this year spent almost $3 million to settle a federal lawsuit of women who came against the university for student-athletes sexually harassing them. Does that mean anybody that was a coach at Tennessee when Peyton Manning, or Peyton Manning was harassing the female trainer? Should none of those guys ever get hired anywhere else? That's what I hate about their two-faced. That, uh, you know, oh, the... the you know, the the president of that university, her, she was a, a weak weenie in the whole thing, talking about the integrity of tennis. What do you think you are here, Harvard? It's Tennessee. Come on. You got enough skeletons in your own closet, and you're going to act holier than now. And now you got other guys that don't want the job. You know, Mike Gundy's not happy at all out in Oklahoma State, and he turned the job down. Uh, that Jim Bob Cooter would rather stay a coordinator in the NFL than take the head coaching job there. Good. Uh, Greg Schiano's not good enough for you. I hope nobody else wants your stinking job. Well, now there are those boosters are after the athletic director for hiring Schiano, which he did in the first place. Without consulting anybody. Well, and I, I've heard rumors they may end up owing him a ton of money because he signed a memorandum of, what's that thing called, an MOA, memorandum agreement, or I, I, I forget. Some legal stuff. Whatever. The answer to the trivia question before we go, um, who did Eli Manning replace the starter? Kurt Warner. Yeah, that Kurt Warner, oh, the Hall of Fame. He was the starter for the, for the Giants. Yeah. Steven and Stanton Heights, first correct caller. As always, we're over time. We're out of time. Thank you. You're welcome. We'll see you hey, my Steeler uh, Offensive Player of the Year to this point, and I'm going to go with Ryan Shazier defensively with a, with a nod to Cam Hayward charging hard. You only get one pick each. Okay, I'll go Shazier and maybe. All right. I'll give you mine. We'll get yours. That's coming up next. Savern on Steelers. Thanks, Guy. Brought right. to us by Shenderovich, Shenderovich and Fishman. Savern on Sports continues. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.